Welcome back to another episode of the Roll Blob Podcast, where we will be talking about Zach Fremantle's dick, jacking off, and jacking off Zach Fremantle's dick. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Roll Blob Podcast. First things first, fellas. I'm not going to ask how you're doing. I almost did out of habit. We need justice for Zach, not Jack Fremantle. <laughs> I, I, honestly, that, that's a. We've heard of the pack line defense. I've never heard of the Jack line defense. <laughs> I mean, it honestly seemed like it worked, though. It's definitely distracting. Cooper, thoughts? Um, I'm just trying to come up with something right now. Only thing I've got right now is dick and roll, but I'm um uh, I'm working on some more. <laughs> okay, I, did I mean, really Fremantle did look like he was going hard in the paint. <laughs> <laughs> well played. Hey, I mean the jokes write themselves. Um, Andy did point out that I think the Florida guy did read the scout correctly. Yeah, so I mean, so I'm sure like the. So Florida's coaching staff, they they put they broke down the scouting report and like, hey, we gotta be all over Jack Nunji. <laughs> and so what the Florida defenders saw was okay, tall white guy in the post, I got a Jack Nunji. But turns yeah. out he was guarding the wrong guy, so he started jacking <laughs> the wrong guy. That's Zach Jacking Fremantle. <laughs> I got zacked off down there. I just love how Jack Nunji, like the instructions are in the name. It's just like action name. You know what I mean? Like it's very simple. Uh, just, you know, he didn't read the scout correctly. That's on him. That was, dude, honestly insane. Like literally no one goes to a basketball game expecting to be sexually assaulted. Unless you're in Cleveland. <laughs> oh, man. Wow, he went there. Okay. Well, I think the joke landed. Okay, so that, there's that. One more jokey thing. This is actually a really good Andy find. So we talked about this all the time. You know, we had to deal with Jay Wright's bitch ass over the years. Every time we would get our just doors blown off by Jay Wright, either in the presser or on Twitter, he'd just be telling us how good we are. He would come to Cintas, beat us by 30, and then be like, man, that's a good ball club over there. I know we started the game 42 to 15, but that's a good team. <laughs> like, Jay Wright, <laughs> fuck you. Andy, what has Jay Wright been tweeting about lately? All right, so two days ago, uh, so as we know, our good friends over in Philadelphia, and there's the Villanova Wildcats, and not not up to the hottest start. Um, they just lost to Portland, um, which is just in Oregon. Not, that's that's not going to be a quad one loss. We're, we're, we'll we'll be honest there. It's not going to be quad one. Not gonna, <laughs> not going to be a quality loss like Xavier has. Like Xavier has the three of them. Do love a good loss. Not yeah. not not going to look good on that resume. But our old friend Jay Wright tweets out, I'm late in congratulating Portland MBB and alum Eric Spolstra on a well-earned win versus our Cats. Proud of continued commitment and pride of our Villanova men's basketball team. Nothing better than watching Cats' attitude today. 
<laughs> I just love the karma. Like, it's finally going back around. Like, Villanova's been cruising for a fucking bruising since the new Big East exception. And I love how pissed off they're getting about it. We've had to deal with it for years. Years. Uh, I think my favorite part is, like, you're coming off a loss to a mid-major team. Now, granted, like, Portland's been playing some pretty good basketball. We will say that. Like, they, they've been very oh, fun to watch throughout that entire tournament. But you're Villanova. You've, you're rebuilding. You don't really know what's going on with your team right now. You're two and fucking six. Just lost to a mid-major team. And then you go and see your former coach congratulating the other team and saying it was very fun to watch, watch our Villanova basketball team lose that game. I love it. I mean, how delayed was this tweet after the game? Are we talking like three hours later or like a day later? Let's see. Um, it was tweeted out. I think it was the next day at three fifty-five or three thirty-five p.m. on November twenty-seventh. Okay, which was so. There's Sunday. a chance he didn't watch it. And he's like, "Oh shit, okay." Uh, Portland beat Villanova, and then just looked at the final score on the ESPN app, and then. Just had to tweet that real quick. Oh, probably. Like, if God. I leave my job, I'm not going to go and yeah. be like, oh, I wonder if they beat Portland today. Like, I wouldn't even know they're playing Portland that day. I'm retired. <laughs> you got better things to worry about on a Sunday than what your former employer's up to. Exactly. Fellas, final just came in. Baylor hardly knowers, 70. The fighting Marquette Walters, 96. Good Lord. Man. Almost the perfect fraud. final score. Fraud alert. Fraud protection. Wow. Marquette. Man, Marquette you Walters. Talk, you got to talk to Marquette Walters and see how they're feeling. That's a good win. That's a really, really, really good win for the Big East. Obvious alert, but holy shit. So here, we're going to talk about, about this. Let's talk about, let's talk about it this way. Is it is it more of a quality <laughs> win for the Big East or a quality loss for, for Baylor? <laughs> It's Marquette, so definitely quality win for the Big East. Marquette ages like a fine cheese, fine milk. They aged milk. They age like milk. Yeah, they're big. Oh God, the worst aged milk you've ever had. Not even good aged milk, like bad. It turned like 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 a very fine milk that could be mistaken for cottage cheese. Yes, they age like cottage cheese. Yeah, even worse. Yeah, they age like chunky milk. Um, uh, huge win for the Big East, though. Just rack them up and then just come and take L's in the Big East market. I love, I love the strategy. That's that's the DePaul strategy. Love to see that. That's what we're here for. You know, who's not following that strategy? The Georgetown Hoyts. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think that my respect level for that program could go any lower, but here they go. It's Son of a bitch, it's they did it. Coming lower. <laughs> you know how in North Carolina the ceiling is the roof. Uh, I think the ceiling might be the, hell. The ground is the floor around in, in Georgetown. The ground is one hundred percent the floor. I don't I don't know how it goes any lower. Like you're already in hell. How do you how do you go any lower than hell? What's below hell? I mean, we're gonna find out. Apparently, Washington D.C. <laughs> that is worse than hell. I would definitely agree with that. <laughs> oh, but I gotta know, fellas. We're gonna we're obviously we're gonna get into Xavier basketball content. We know that's why two of the hundred of you are here. But here's the thing, fellas. What the hell are these former coaches doing to these programs to gut them from the inside out? Like Jay Wright, Chris Mack, John Brandon, just leaving their programs for dead. Um, yeah, I have a bit of a theory about that. So is Chris Mack the LeBron of college coaches? Like every place he leaves just goes to shit immediately. 
Uh, you saw when LeBron <laughs> left Cleveland the first time, they didn't make, they never made the playoffs. And then uh, he just went out there and lived the life in fucking South Beach. I think, which I'm pretty sure is what Chris Mack is doing right now. Then Chris Mack leaves Xavier and we missed the tournament for four years. And then he misses Louisville. Then he leaves Louisville and they're a bottom, like they're, they're outside of the top three. They're going to end up outside of the top 300. Andy, I, I got mean, there's, there's still time for them to turn it around. <laughs> and go farther down? Look, I mean, okay, Louisville and Georgetown play a basketball game tomorrow night. Who wins? Georgetown. And what's the score? America. Georgetown Georgetown wins by 14, in my opinion. Honestly, you Damn, know who the real really? winner is there? The Sickos Committee. That's oh. 100% true. That is playing in Sicko's heaven 24-7-365. I mean, you put that game on ESPN Plus or Flow Hoops or whatever it's called, then, yeah, that's right up the Sicko's alley. <laughs> like you, get, like you get a match of 40 minutes of Acock, Acock, and Hersey Miller on the same floor. Yeah. Dude, how the hell is Hersey Miller getting real minutes for Louisville? What I, the uh, fuck? I honestly loved hearing uh, Rick talk about that. I like, mean, it's the fact true, that, though. Like, no disrespect to Hersey. When, when Rick asked Bomb, he was like, so, uh, Adam, like, uh, Hersey Miller, uh, would he would he oh. be the second or third best walk-on on the team last year? It was super candid. Like, he probably been like, the second best walk. The, he would have been worse than Brandon Colbert, for sure. We well, stand Brandon Colbert around here. Obviously. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, it's bad. I do think that as time goes on, we need to have less institutions run things, and we need like a sickos bowl or like a sickos week, where we just have like the worst teams in college basketball get pitted against each other. I, I mean, we talked about it before the podcast. Like we've an entire like we have a conference idea for that. We do. And and honestly, I mean, I, we need to get this we, into motion. What would we call it? Just like the sickos conference, then, and just yeah. kind of take their name, sickos. <laughs> The sick there's con? gotta be yeah. The gotta be some kind of way we can name it ass, like the associated sicko something. Okay, okay. <laughs> Association. Well, a sicko schools. <laughs> the association, association of sicko of schools. schools ass. Association of sicko schools. Yeah. Get yeah. started. Eat it. Yeah. Run it. I mean, you have some good teams in there, though. I mean, just looking at them. Basically, our idea was. Take every conference in college basketball, Power Six, all the other conferences, just combine them. You take the bottom two teams of each conference, and then it's like, okay, well, this is your league. Like, this is, each other. this is like, you know, if you're a baseball fan, like, this is low class A. Like, you, you don't go lower. Like, this is it. Maybe if you, like, finish last in that league, you get, like, Either your program gets canceled yeah. completely yeah. or it's like, yeah, you're division two now, something like that. But <laughs> I think out of all the teams, I'd be a New Jersey Institute of Technology fan mm-hmm. out of all of them. They'd be there like the a, one. Yeah. Team. There aren't a lot of institutes of technology in D1. Not, not anymore. Tulsa would be in there, though. <laughs> I, I think my favorite one you pointed out is the fact that so we'd have Louisville in there. And also Louisville's inner city rival who beat them. Yes. They would also <laughs> who was also in the bottom two of the Atlantic Sun. <laughs> Which is like the equivalent of being the bottom two of the Pioneer League in football. When are they gonna now, change this- the name of the city to Bellarmine, Kentucky? 
they're working on it. Did you guys know that there were there are two Division One independent basketball teams? Is really? Savannah State's one of them. Um, no, the Hartford oh. Hawks are one of them. They are independent, <laughs> and then they're in conference rival, so to speak, Fordham. would be Chicago State. So Chicago State's Notre Dame's basketball. Yeah, essentially. So one is BYU and one's Notre Dame. Pick your poison. <laughs> Getting poisoned either way. <laughs> Fellas, should we actually talk about Xavier basketball on a Xavier basketball podcast? I think we no. already did. Zach Freeman got jacked off. All right, let's keep talking about penises. Um, so, fellas, so the PK-85 wrapped a few days ago. Xavier were playing Southeast. Someone Louisiana. The that's Lions. what I thought. That, that's what I yeah, thought. The, as we've discussed and confirmed that they are the Lions. Are you selling your Southeast Louisiana stock, too? Am stock. I selling it? Probably not. I think I'm buying it right now, actually. But, but only because spell sell, though. Oh, yeah. That's I, I thought well, you. I was trying to cater to yeah. your sense of humor, but that's okay. So, I dropped. So you're calling him a seller? <laughs> yes, literally a sellout. All right, let's let's move on. This we stopped. That was I, really bad. That's on me. I'm a bad passer. That's on me. Um. Anyway, so PK85 just wrapped. Xavier beats Florida, loses to Duke, loses to Gonzaga. Um. Real quick, let's just get pulse of pulse of the roll blob podcast, Andy and Coop. What are you guys thinking? I mean, there's plenty to build off of. I mean, obviously, the there are two games that we were felt like we were in the position to win. I mean, that, that was probably the the ideal gauntlet you can look at for as far as like a non conference schedule. I mean, Florida that's gonna probably gonna end up being a quad one win. Like it, when it's all said and done, that I can see Florida ending in the top fifty of the net. So yeah, so that that's a big Florida so fan neutral, for now. Neutral top fifty squad one. Yeah. So yes. Yes, neutral versus top 50. So that'll be a quad one or a quad two win. Uh, th- those will add up. Uh, then you have the opportunity to t- take down a name brand, one of the premier brands of college basketball. Really? Although we were oh. pretty out, pretty much outmeshed the entire time, we still found a way to make it a game and make it really interesting and a very, very respectable loss. So, But also one that you kind of felt like you could have won. I do a couple, couple things more all right, you box out a little bit better, defend a couple th- threes a little quicker, then consider putting hand up. And also, if you would have taken a better approach and jacked off one of their big men, then you'd probably end up winning that game. Did they have anyone named Jack? You got to study the tape. Not, not as far as I know, but like honestly, I I never know anybody's name. Well, honestly, if you if you're guarding a guy named Jack and you don't do that, you're really not following instructions. It's literally right in the name. I mean, imagine if they would have got to be coach Kansas. Imagine (laughs) playing Kansas, and you—I mean—you see his name right there. Did you guys see the kind of instructions would that be? Did you guys see that picture that was like big picture of Grady Dick energy? Yeah, I mean that's pretty good. Big Grady energy. Yeah, it doesn't even make any sense. (laughs) Yeah, I don't get it. Uh, Like, imagine having like what Grady is big. What's big Grady energy mean? But I, I think you're right, Andy. And uh, I mean, it's funny. The, my favorite part is that like there was those tweets of like, "Man, we could get Florida, Duke, and Gonzaga." I mean, we did. We just lost twice. Not the way we, not the way we, oh, not the way we envisioned. But uh, I mean, we got them. 
if you had told me this would have been our schedule in the DK85, I'm like, oh, my God, we're in the top 20. Like, let's go. I mean, we lost twice, but so it goes. But I think the Florida win is nice. Um, and honestly, man, like, I was telling my brother this. Like, if you had promised me this exact play out, like, if everything played out the way it has so far going into the season, I'd been like, okay, I'll take that. I'm not mad at I'm not mad at that. I think we had a really good showing. And what here's what sucks. I heard this on the rebound. We, we, right had, now. we had a really, really respectable showing that and one yes. that we can absolutely build off of. And the fact that like it's November. Like yeah. uh, we're definitely not True. in mid season form. We're not not even close. We're gonna get better in all aspects. Yeah. And right now we, we came out of games against Duke and Gonzaga, where I've we now have a top fifteen adjusted offense according to Ken Pump. So like that's the offense really and, and that's also a game, including a game where your two bigs go th- a combined three of 19 and you still yeah. raise your adjusted offense in there. So what that's even without everything coming together. So we're not fully in place yet. This team can be an elite offensive team. If we can just become an average defensive team. The big East is fucked. <clears throat> what sucks is, in my opinion is this. It's like, I feel like we played good basketball. We had a really good showing. So here's the positive and the negative. That's the positive. Like for me personally, as a Zayer fan, I feel really good about this team. Um, but here's the thing that doesn't really help us with our resume. Like that's what sucks. It's like, I feel really good about it. I think we had a really good showing. I think nationally that was good for our optic, but for our tournament resume and the things that actually fucking matter, the concrete shit, losing ain't going to do us a damn thing. It doesn't really hurt us, but it's not helping us. You know what I mean? And if you could have just closed out one of those games and, my thought process is I don't really think we had a chance to beat Duke. I think we hung around and had a respectable effort. I don't think we really had a chance to win that game, especially the way we played. And there, that team's just a, a yeah. freak. Oh we my sure God. did not play well enough to win that game. It was just one no. of those games where, like, you look back and, like, you do some things better. You play well enough. You play to the way you know you yeah. can play. Then you you feel like you would have won, yeah. could have won that game. I just Gonzaga don't think we were in a position absolutely, to win. Gonzaga honestly, and Indiana, we definitely had a chance to win. I honestly, got, I look back at the Gonzaga game like we kind of should have won that game. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, well, I know, but then, yeah, I mean, their whole game is just like I don't know. We've seen that so many times. It's like, okay, well, they're not that good, and then they're draining threes from the parking lot. Like, I mean, there's only so much you can do at that point, and they go on these runs. <laughs> like, I don't know. It was early in the game, two nothing. I went to the basement. I came upstairs. It was fourteen to four. And I swear I just like grabbed a box from the basement. And then I don't know, it was a weird game just in general, but I don't know. I mean, if you show me that schedule before the season starts and it's Indiana, Florida, Duke, and the Zags, like yeah, I'm probably saying we win one of those games. Which we I did. do think <laughs> we did the way we I I was really, really proud of our our effort though. Here was my thing against Indiana. I think we kind of shot that one down the toilet, being completely honest with you. Like, I hate the way we closed that game. We made so many stupid errors. I mean, we punched Gonzaga in the fucking mouth, like, late in that game, which I was really happy to see. Um, and I don't think we played necessarily bad down the stretch. There were some things I didn't love, but let's be real. Gonzaga hit shots. I mean, yeah. I mean, literally. I, did, I don't even – I think they might have not missed a shot after when they started that run. Um, like They literally. shot legitimately 55% from three. <laughs> They That's did unreal. The they did the we're not going to miss any shots offense. That's even yeah. better than make shots offense. We're not going to miss anything offense. That's yeah. the best kind of offense there is. So at, at what point are we going to implement the make other team miss shots defense? 
<laughs> that's the question. That's I don't know if that's been brought up yet. We, we have not brought that up yet. But I mean, just combine the two, for the love of God. Um, so do but, we show up at the next Sean Miller radio show <laughs> and maybe suggest that, Andy? I, mean, I think we should email him. Is that, is that the route we should take? Snail mail, fellas. Classy. <laughs> With a playbook that says make shots off. Send into your shorts. <laughs> playbook with three pages. Make shots off. I, I wasn't there in Portland. Maybe we can confirm with Adam and Paul. But I I was listening. On, like I had the volume all the way up on the TV. I did not hear much barking. No, barking's dead. I think I think we I think the dog has died. I think well, when it. you're playing the Bulldogs, you can't really do that. That's true. I guess like when you're playing the Bulldogs, I'd be like cheering for the other team, which you can't do. Yeah, that but, would like, be like hissing when you're playing like the Kentucky Wildcats. I guess like they would hiss. Here's so, like, my final t- final takeaway. Obviously, we know what it means. Like I think we're in as good a shape as we could. You know, I think we're still in good shape. Obviously, that didn't help us metrics-wise or anything like that or our tournament resume. Uh, it's, un- it's very unfortunate the computers did not watch the game. That is unfortunate. And unfortunately, Ken Bomb doesn't fucking matter. Um, it matters, but it doesn't matter for tournament resume. But but here's here's my thought process. I saw what we did against Duke. Obviously, they outclassed us from a talent perspective. That's obvious. Um, I saw what we did against Gonzaga. I like to think that those are as talented the teams as we're going to see all season. And if we can play like that against Gonzaga – I like our chances against literally anyone in the Big East. Legitimately, we can play with any – we can absolutely anyone. score with any team in the, yes. that we said that we share a court with. Now, the the big thing about that, like so – and one thing that we've seen with seen with Sean Miller teams in the past, if we just get in, all we got to do is get in. And, and that's the motto right there. That, that's it. <laughs> that's <the motto laughs> and podcast. <laughs> all, all we gotta do is get in, and, and something magical can happen. So, like, we can score in, with anybody. We can play with anybody. We deeper. can we can stroke with anybody. Apparently, the we get into that. We get into the big dance. We get nationally selected instead of invited. <laughs> nationally selected, and literally anything can happen on any given day. We can go to the elite eight as a ten seed for all we fucking care. Like the, a Sean Miller team does not back down to anybody. They can play with just about anybody. There's really no team that that was set foot on the floor. But that we showed we showed that at the PK85 is no team is too much for us. I think there were some beautiful moments actually at the PK85 in general. One of them currently is Cap's Zoom background, and it is just a beautiful photo of Zach Fremantle getting his uh chicken choked and uh i tweeted off the roll bob account yeah um <laughs> exactly how it is in your background though i want the full effect okay, with the okay, twitter notification it. in the screenshot and <laughs> done. everything <laughs> done, <laughs> done. <laughs> but um if you hear a random chuckle that's why it's, you can't look at that photo and not laugh yeah, like, and while, while one, i was saying that thing about when uh all we gotta do is get in he's just zooming in on his fucking background <laughs> Oh, but and then I mean, you factor that in, and then Jack Nungie's wife kissing his sister. I mean, it was just it was a wild weekend in Portland, Oregon. Uh, so, um, I, I do want to add to that uh, and talk about some things that enhanced my experience. Um, <laughs> seeing 
Zach Fremantle get stroked, then um, Gabby kissing Jack's sister, and also the thing that really made this yeah, that was so the weird. greatest viewing experience was the Sky Cam. Oh yeah. my fucking god! Uh, there dude, is nothing that everyone. makes me enjoy basketball more than watching from a drone above everything that does not <laughs> really follow the play. Dude, there was one where they were like six rows back in the stands. I was like, "What the fuck even is this?" Yeah, what's Dude. next? A blimp shot in a dome? <laughs> Just shoot from outside the arena, <laughs> the exterior. Yeah, that was nuts. Like, I just don't understand. I mean, if you're going to do it from the All-Star game or, like, some kind of whatever, that's that's one thing. But, like, there's clearly a definite best camera angle. Like, I just – I, I want to make a joke, but it's just so, like, fucking stupid. Like, why deviate from that? I just don't get it. It's the worst. And, and like, who in that production t- – on that production team is like, all right, this is what the viewers want. And then, dude, it's just going over to the ESPN side, especially when you're playing Duke. Oh, my fucking God, dude. Were you guys listening to the broadcast? I was not, thankfully. Oh, my God. I mean, it was worse than, than Zach Fremantle, than old boy. Like, literally, I'm going to make a meme like the Duke broadcasters <laughs> and Duke, <laughs> like with the, with the Zach Fremantle photo. It was so bad, dude. Like, Xavier would literally do something, and they wouldn't even talk about it. They would just be going on some, like, Duke story about God knows what. Oh, and boy. Xavier hit a three to bring it within three. And let's talk about uh, John Shire They normally wouldn't journey. even bring it up. Like, Sule got a steal and a finish, and they didn't even talk about it. They were literally still talking about some Duke story. I guess it's fucking ridiculous. And of all teams, fucking Duke. But, but oh, no, they, I think They at least did say Xavier, though, not Xavier or that is anything. True. Okay. Yeah, they caused the Mustangs. Yes. They had to correct themselves a couple times, but yes. Okay, good. But That's man, like but here's here's my final takeaway from the PK eighty five. Like, I do think we had a really good showing though. Like we did we clearly showed that we belonged, we got a good win. And I'm hoping that carries over because this event was fucking awesome. Like this was huge. Like to get these kind of opportunities. Um, so I'm hoping that this is something that we get to uh get, get to come back to. Now like do they do this? They do this every five years, right? I want to say it's five. I feel like I heard someone say PK-86, but, like, here's my thought process. It's like, I'm not trying to whatever, but it's like, once you get to 85, it's like, we got to make this a yearly thing. Yeah, like, get as much out of it as possible. Yeah, like, exactly. Don't know how much more you're going to get. Yeah, I, that, I think. Like, are we going to make it to 90? I feel like I heard someone say PK-86. I don't know if it was serious or not, to be honest with you. I, I listened to so much fucking college basketball content. It's ridiculous, so I, I don't remember. Um, but I'm hoping it's it's more often this because it was a really really good event, and honestly, like those opportunities can can be huge. And that's the good thing about playing those great teams. It's like a loss doesn't really hurt you, but a win could be fucking monumental. And I I can really just imagine any 18 year old sitting at home, like any any of those top prospects, like hey, these fuckers beat beat Florida. Yeah, and, and I did mean, you see that? Eight, did you see that that eight point loss at Duke? I want to go there. <laughs> See that boy yeah. get, get to play basketball and get a handy at the same time? All while wearing gray jerseys. Uh, yeah. I know. I know. Did you see the Ladies. two girls kiss? <laughs> that's Xavier basketball. That's Xavier basketball right there. Doesn't get hornier than that. And that's Man, what we're trying to attract in this program. If only Andy and or Randy were out there. If only. If only. I mean, that would have been perfect because 
in any of those games, really, I mean, there's not a whole lot of people there. Duke obviously travels well um, or just has built-in fans or whatever. But <laughs> in the game against, like, Florida, there's probably, like, 18, 19 people there. If Andy was there, I mean, he would be on TV for the entirety of the game. Yes. His voice would have been heard. Or if anyone out here is financially stable enough to buy Andy tickets to the next, like, early season conference tournament or, I mean, uh, non-conference tournament that he could just go to, like, pay for his flight, his hotel, everything, um, please do yeah. it. It would help Xavier basketball tremendously. Fellas, I got one more take. And I'm Andy, and I approve this message. Attaboy. It's just it's just two words. Colby Jones. Dude's so, gonna have a good season. At what point I, I like do we start? Uh, at what point do we start talking about him as the best shooter in Xavier history? <laughs> uh, one more. He's one three away. One three away. Okay. Yeah. Because I mean, I, I he's definitely the uh, he's definitely the best shooter in PK eighty five history. That's there's no question about that. Yeah. And yeah, honestly, the offense is fucking insane right now. Dude, Sule's shooting 90% from the free throw line and 52% from three. I don't know if yeah. that's good, but I don't think it's bad. We've heard of the we've heard of the 50-40-90 club. That's a, uh, that happens in the NBA a lot. Yes. The, he's in the 50-50-90 club right now. You're damn right he is. Yeah, I mean, just I mean it's it's very obvious, but if Colby can hit threes like that, this team's gonna be dangerous as fuck. And two, just to see the confidence and to see it get going, and then to see him, I've never seen him heat up like that. Like I think last year in the NIT. He was starting to hit some timely threes, but, I mean, there were some times where he was just like – he had it going. Like, we've never seen that from Colby from a three-point – from a shooting perspective at all, really, where he's just feeling himself. Like, he was feeling himself. Um, stepping not right like into it, dude, just firing. Not like the dude on Fremantle feeling himself, but he was he was feeling – he was right, he was stepping into it and firing it. That was really, really cool to watch. And that's what something he can that do we, – yeah. We need that, that type of killer mentality because, I mean – Colby, it's. I think we we all know that he's our dog. No matter what, like no matter who, what role anybody else has, and Sully Boom is kind of taking a taking that personality as well. Like he wants that big shot. He's not a, not afraid of that big moment. But Colby, all in all, like the team runs through him. He's our dog. Yeah, he's, your, he's, your, he's our he's, best. Player. He's the guy. He's that yeah. guy. So he's our best player. And I think Free Free or uh, gonna have his moments, but I think Colby's your most important player. Yes, uh, on both sides of the ball. Colby's the most most influential player on this team. We go as Colby the, goes. The face of the franchise. <laughs> Protect it. At exactly. all costs. <laughs> Who's the dick of the franchise? <laughs> well, I, I think we know that. Uh, <laughs> check our Twitter account. You'll find it. Yeah, exactly. But here's the thing, too, fellas. It's like, I think at this point, if it hasn't been officially decided, it's officially decided that Sule is a thing. Like, he's done it against every single team, like, consistently. He is one of the best guard slash wing transfers we've had in a long, long time. I mean, since Bryce Moore. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Mighty Mouse. Yeah, you're not wrong about that. Now, he's a guy who could have been a two-sport athlete. He came. He came five years too early, like Andy. Um, <laughs> anyway, five years. Five years. Yeah. A little premature. Um, okay, fellas. Um, I wait for no one. The, how many times does the moon have to circle the Earth in five years? 
That's nightmares in there, that's, night, that's nightmare fuel, Coop. That's nightmare fuel, Coop. I almost called you Kobe <laughs> Jones. I guess you're the face of the Roblox podcast. Oh, that, that goes you, were gonna, you were going to call me his, his whole name? Like, you weren't no, going to call was, me Kobe? You were going to no, call me Colby Jones? I was initially trying to call you Coop, but I started calling yeah. you Cole. Okay. Yeah, I don't know why. I don't know why. Anyway, moving on. So, fellas, so what this does going forward is this makes the West Virginia game for the non-con huge. Because if you don't win this West Virginia game, you essentially leave non-con with no big wins. Other than Fairfield. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Good I call. Mean, are, we, are we just did – did Florida die? No quad one wins. Did Florida die? They're not going to be a quad one win, Andy. There's a, they have a chance. <laughs> no. 50-50 chance. 50-50 to be 50. <laughs> That's what I'm praying for. Yeah. Like, honestly, I really don't want to sweat through the entire conference uh, the conference slate, especially Florida's as inconsistent of a team. Sean's going to sweat through it. Oh, he's going to sweat through everything no matter what. <laughs> Dude will be watching a baptism and sweating. Joke's on you, Providence. Can't outwet Sean Miller. Good, good luck with that. That's why you bring a guy like Sean Miller in there. Yeah, exactly. I wish fight wetness with wetness. I wish they would have said that. But I, I really don't want to sit there and be like and rely on Florida to win games because I mean we just saw them lose to Florida Atlantic. Like they're as inconsistent of a team as you can get. Florida and, left to Florida Atlantic. Yeah, they did at home. Oh, that's not great. Mm. Yeah, so mm. that's not going to be great for their whole that whole net. I don't want to sit there and be like, "All right, our biggest non-con win is fucking Florida." No, you gotta, you gotta beat Hugs, Hug, yeah. Hugs and Tugs <laughs> for Paul Scruggs. Oh, fellas, so it's it's gonna be fun, man. We got the UC round robin, man. I'm excited. Um, so yeah, so this West Virginia game gets really, really big, and then two, man, it's at home. Like I feel like you like not squandered, but you had three really big opportunities. Two of them you really could have closed out. I feel like you – I mean, it's obviously not a must-win. It's a stupid term. I heard them talking about it on Rick and uh, Paul's pod. But it's a pretty big fucking game. I mean, just to show you can get a fucking big win when you need one because uh, we're without a, a, res- a resume win yet. I mean, Florida's a nice win for sure, but we're without a, a clear resume win. If that's, if, if that's your best non-con win, then you, you're probably in trouble. Yeah. Uh, we'll be and sitting there because we, we've seen the past couple of years where the no-bad-loss <laughs> resume does not really do it. They want to see quality no. wins. And I mean, we have plenty of quality losses. That'll look good to the college football playoff committee, but we need those quality wins. We need at least one signature non-conference win, a sure, a sure bona fide quad, quad one win. And I kind of wish West Virginia was on the road because that would be an easy quad one win. On now the we got a guaranteed win, though. But we probably have a, honestly, it's probably perfect because they're probably going to be right around 30. We're playing them at home. So, yeah, uh, much better. It'll be right around 30. They might be. Um, fluctuating the quad one, quad two, like so. But I'd much rather spend the entire rest of the season as a West Virginia fan than a Florida fan. I think you're the only one. I'm sure the players aren't glad it's in, not West Virginia. I'm sure they're they're happy it's in Cincinnati and not West I'd, Virginia. I'll tell you that much. Probably, I'm talking solely from our for our resume standpoint. I respect the. But we do have plenty of opportunity for quad one wins in throughout the conference season because absolutely, just about almost every road game outside of Chicago or Washington D.C. is probably going to be a quad one quad one game, especially in Chicago. Super easy quad one. 
but I heard this being talked about a lot with Rick and Rick and Paul. I'm not really that worried about our quad one chances. Um, like Rick said, it's like you're probably going to have at least half the league in the top 75. You're going to play 10 games on the road. You're going to have quite a few teams in the top 30, at least probably two or three. Like you're going to get seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven 10, 11 quad one chances. Like I'm not worried about our quad one chances. It's just one of those things. It's just like, hey, let's take advantage of the opportunity while we got it. 30 games in a season. You probably get – we'll probably get 14 or 15 quad one chances over the whole course. We've squandered our first three. Let's get one. You know, let's just get one on our belt um, and just get that confidence rolling that we can beat a good team when we need to because um, you just don't want to get in that habit of just, like, coming up short, coming up short, coming up short. Um, so, yeah, we want this one. This is a big one. And then, too, with the Huggins and all that kind of shit, big one, big game. Speaking of coming up short, do so you think Fremantle did? 